we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zielinski. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this February the 5th Monday edition. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into the program today. Hey, I want to just reiterate a point that was just made. You heard it right after the intro. Please do support this ministry. Get behind it. Become one of my patrons for any amount. If you are being blessed by this ministry, I'm asking you to prayerfully consider becoming a monthly sponsor of this program. And if Patreon is just not your thing, well, there's plenty other ways to donate, including snail mail. All that information is there on the donate page at Sheila.media. That's triple W S H E I L A dot media. Your help is very appreciated. So thank you for that. Well, I want to jump right into the program because boy, speaking of blessings, financial blessings, especially this teaching is long overdue. And I'm so excited to bring on my guest today. We're not only going to do a teaching, but then we're going to talk about an incredible event that's coming up at the end of April that you really do not want to miss. Trust me when I tell you this. You really want to attend this, and I'm going to be there myself. So we're going to talk about that later on in the show. It is our good friend, no stranger to the program, the one and only, Pastor Monty Mulkey from West Coast Church of Deliverance. Listen, Monty, welcome. I'm just going to hand you the mic. Get into it, sir. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, welcome, folks, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in. And Sheila and I are going to do a probably a series from the looks of this where we're going uh, uh, on finances. And I'm hoping to help people overcome some of the financial difficulties in their life. As a deliverance pastor, there's several steps that need to be taken. And where we're going to start today, number one, is what we call a, the deliverance component. Because we do fight a supernatural enemy, one that's out to destroy you and rob you and take from you taking away that abundant life that Jesus Christ came for you to have. Uh, John 10.10 says, it it reads, The thief cometh, but not for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I am come that you might have life and have, have it more abundantly. Well, there definitely is a thief that comes to steal and take from you everything that's possible. So we have to learn how to fight back, and we have to learn how to recognize the enemy who's coming against our finances. This first area that I call a deliverance component that we'll look at today deals with deliverance and breaking off curses, you know, family destruction, uh, curses of debt, poverty, and the like of that. And hopefully, uh, probably in another message, though, we'll look at the second component, which is instruction, uh, training, teaching on how finances and how prosperity works and things you need to do to get there. Because most of us were never taught anything about about our finances. And so we're left to our own devices. And we end up choosing our own financial style over God's. 
And quite often, we never reach that abundant life when we don't do the right things. And I myself had been caught in so many of these things, and I had to learn to do finances God's way. But Satan delights in financial ruin, especially at a time in a person's life when it's too late to begin again. So financial destruction happens to God's folks. Sometimes it's the demons that have come against you, things you've inherited, and sometimes it's just the end result of wrong financial thinking. We are to be stewards of our time and money, not just owners. So we need to learn, as Scripture teaches us, how to give, how to receive, how to manage. And so this beginning of a series, which we don't know we'll call it yet, on what's destroying you financially, uh, beginning first with the demonic attack against Christians, why they never get ahead. So if you have your Bible, let's open to Judges chapter 6 and verse 1. And this is a sermon that God gave me one day, and I've helped so many people, taught them this, what the Lord showed me. And it deals with the children of Israel in Gideon. And verse 1 begins, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian seven years. Now notice that the evil that they did brought them to a place where they were in slavery and bondage indebted. And it says, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens, which are in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown, that is when they planted their crops, the Midianites came up. And also the Amalekites, children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza, and they left no sustenance for Israel, neither for their livestock, their sheep, their ox, their donkeys, for they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of all, all that oppressed you, and I drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God, Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now, here we have a story that deals with God's people being impoverished, how they got into that situation and also how to get out of it. Now, the story of Gideon focuses on his struggle to overcome fear. This chapter we just read is actually just prior to the Lord calling Gideon. The Midianites along with other Eastern people, had oppressed Israel for seven years. And the Lord came to Gideon and challenged him to lead Israel like a mighty warrior. Gideon, of course, passed his first test of faith by tearing down the altar of Baal that belonged to his father. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and prepared for battle against the Midianites. So there was a shifting of all those who were fearful, and the army was reduced to 10,000. 22,000 were afraid. This is a, a really sad condition among God's people. Faint-heartedness, fear, unbelief. And fear is contagious. It spreads quickly 
It ends in confusion. And of course, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear and terror shut the door against God's grace, which makes us more than conquerors. But faith opens that door. Now, consider what we would call, I guess, the legal grounds of the Midianite spirits. God had delivered his people out of Egypt, out of bondage, and it wasn't very long, just a matter of time, and God's people began to serve themselves, and they disobeyed God. And so God says, okay, fine, go your own way, and he turned them over to the Midianites. And what happened was the Midianites destroyed their substance. The Midianites and the Amalekites in the Gideon story were the semi-nomadic people who crossed the Jordan River into central Canaan at harvest time to plunder and destroy, causing famine conditions. Therefore, when the people of Israel cried out to God, he raised up Gideon to fill in the deliverer's role. So quite often, we see several things here that God's people need. There needs to be a repentance. And maybe it wasn't you, but your forefathers that opened the door for what we call the spirit of the Midianites or the spirit that impoverishes you to come in. And so if they had walked away from the Lord, there needs to be a repentance and uh, forgiveness of sins. And so if you return unto the Lord, and whether it's your own life or the life of your ancestors, if it was them that opened the door, then we um, confess sins of our forefathers and break off the, the yokes and the things that come on down the family line. But there has to be that. And there also, we see in this that there's really is required a deliverer. Uh, even though they had cried out to God, which is a step two, there needed to be someone who filled in the deliverer's role. And I know there's a lot of deliverance voices out there that go around telling you to deliver yourself. Well, it ain't going to work. Bad grammar, good preaching. God requires that we depend on one upon another. And so you're going to need somebody else to help you get delivered in almost every area. There are some things you can battle yourself, but God will not allow you to become independent, self-sufficient. You will need to rely upon the body of Christ. Now, let's look at the history of the Midianites. Genesis 25, beginning in verse 1, says, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah, and she bare him Zimran, and Jokshan, and Medan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua, and Jokshan began Sheba, and Dedan, and all, his, and all these sons. Numbers twenty-five sixteen. the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Vex the Midianites, and smite them. For they vex you with their wiles, wherewith they have beguiled you in the matter of Peor, and in the matter of Cosby, the daughter of a prince of Midian, their sister, which was slain in the day of the plague for Peor's sake. So we see that the Midianites had come from Abraham. We see uh, in Numbers that Moses was to battle against the Midianites. In Numbers 31, verse 2, it says, To avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites. Afterward shall thou be gathered unto thy people. Moses spake unto the people, saying, Arm some of yourselves unto the war, and let them go up against the Midianites, and avenge the Lord of the Midian. Of every tribe, a thousand throughout all the tribes of Israel, shall you send to war. So there were delivered out of the thousands of Israel, thousand of every tribe, twelve thousand armed for war. Moses sent them to war, a thousand of every tribe, and Phinehas, the son of Elzar the priest, 
to the war with holy instruments and trumpets, and they warred against the Midianites. And the Lord commanded Moses, and they slew all the males, and they slew the kings of Midian, besides the rest of them that were slain. Now, you could read that entire chapter, we won't for today, but they were supposed to come against the, the Midianite tribe and to destroy them. An Arabian tribe, descendant from Midian, is what we call a Midianite. And they inhabited principally the desert north of the peninsula of Arabia. The peninsula of Sinai was the pasture ground for their flocks. They were virtually the rulers of Arabia, becoming the dominant tribe. And like all Arabians, they were a nomad people. They engaged in commercial pursuits. Literally, this was one of the caravans that Joseph was sold into in Genesis 37. The next notice of them is that in connection with Moses' flight from Egypt. Here in Midian, Moses became the servant and afterwards the son-in-law of of uh, Jethro the priest. Now, after the Exodus, the Midianites were friendly to the Israelites, so long as they traversed only on their outlying pasture ground on the west of Arabah. But when they passed the southern end of Edom, they entered into the land of Midian proper. So they joined with Balak, the king of Moab, in a conspiracy against them. And we read that in Numbers 22, verses 1 through 7. Uh, the children of Israel set forward, pitched in the plains of Moab on this side of Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were so many. Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that is round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come up from out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth, and they bide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail that we may smite them, that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot not, I know not that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. They came to Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. Numbers 22, drop down to verse 9. God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, It's Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, hath sent unto me. Behold, there's a people come out of Egypt which covers the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, peradventure I shall be able to overthrow and drive them out. God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou wilt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the prince of Balak, Get to your own land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. Now, Balaam, who had been sent for to curse Israel, having utterly failed in doing so, was dismissed by the king of Moab. Nevertheless, he still tarried among the Midianites and induced them to enter into correspondence with the Israelites so as to bring them into association with them and the licentious orgies connected with the worship of Baal Peor. And this crafty counsel prevailed. The Israelites took part in the heathen festival and so brought upon themselves 
a curse. Their apostasy brought upon them severe punishment. A plague broke out among them, and 24,000 of God's people perished. Basically, what happened was it was said that, well, we can't curse the people of God, but we can get them to curse themselves if we can get them to go against what God has commanded them. And so that's what they did. But, of course, the Midianites were not left unpunished by God. Terrible vengeance was denounced against them. A thousand warriors from every tribe under the leadership of Phineas went forth against them, and the Midianites were utterly routed out. Their cities were consumed with fire, and five of the kings were put to death, and the whole nation was destroyed. We read this in Joshua 13, 21. Now, Balaam also perished by the sword, receiving his wages of unrighteousness, Numbers 31, 8, and 2 Peter 2, 15. The whole of the country on the east of Jordan was now conquered by the Israelites and was divided between the two tribes of Reuben and Gad, half the tribe of Manasseh. Some 250 years after the Midianites regained their ancient power, and in confederate with the Amalekites and the children of the east, they made war against their old enemies, the Israelites, whom for seven years they oppressed and held them in subjection. They were at length assailed by Gideon in that ever-memorial battle in the great plain of Esdraelon, and they were utterly destroyed in Judges 6. Now, the name Midian actually the personal name and clan name means strife. Midian was the son of Abraham by his concubine, Keturah. Abraham sent him and his brothers away to the east, leading to the association of the Midianites with the children of the east. And the Midianites took Joseph to Egypt. This is all some of the, the history. And since the caravan in the passage is described as Ishmaelite, it's possible that that these two groups, the Ishmaelites and the Midianites, descended from Abraham, had become interrelated. And the Old Testament mentions the Midianites in widely scattered geographical locations. But their main homeland seemed to be east of the Jordan, south of Edom. Later historians locate the land of the Midian, northwestern Arabia, toward the, uh, the Gulf of Aqaba. Now, the people of Israel had both good and bad relationships with the Midianites over the years. When Moses fled from Pharaoh, he went east into Midian. Here he met Jethro, the priest of Midian, married his daughter. And during the wandering in the wilderness, Jethro's father-in-law, Hobab, served as a guide for Israelites. So the Midianites were associated with the Israelites back and forth throughout history. They're also associated with the Moabites in seducing Israel into immorality and pagan worship at Baal Peor, Numbers 25. So for this reason, God commanded Moses to execute a war of vengeance against them. And in the time of the judges, the Midianites, along with the Amalekites, began to raid Israel using camels to strike swiftly over great distances, and Gideon drove them out and killed their leaders. They never again threatened Israel, but Midian did harbor Solomon's enemy, Hadad. Now, going back to the beginning, look at, let's look at the fruit of the spirit of the Midianites, is what I call it. They encamp around. Now, this is just like the nature of demons, just out of sight, but far enough away to still be there. The second thing is they destroyed the increase. 
the Bible references several times that whatever we set our hand to should prosper. And that should be your life. Whatever you undertake, whatever you set your hand to, as long as it's godly and righteous, you should prosper in that. And if you're not prospering, it could be that you have some Midianite spirits that are encamped in your life far enough away, just far enough out there that you don't really tell they're there. It says that they left no substance, the third thing. So they destroyed their food crops, and they did this right before the harvest, which is too late in the year to plant again. They also deceived, the fourth thing, they entered with the purpose to destroy while saying that they're friends. It left God's people greatly impoverished. And so Israel had to hide. This means that they even lost their homes. Where they lived, they had to go live in caves and dens. And so they were caused to do their work in the wrong place at the wrong time. And we see this when the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, and it says that we find him threshing wheat at the wine press. Well, threshing wheat at the wine press is the wrong job for the wrong location. The, the wine press is where you should be pressing grapes, not threshing out wheat. And the ninth thing we see is that they were too fearful to take action against. God's people were paralyzed. They didn't know what to do. They were hiding for fear, and they were impoverished. The grateful Israelites invited Gideon to rule over them. But Gideon refused and declared, no, the Lord will rule over you, chapter 8, verse 23. However, Gideon failed the Lord because he made an ephod that became an object of worship in his hometown. Now, the ephod was the garment of the high priest, which contained the lots used to discern the will of God, Exodus 28:30. This means the means of discerning God's will become a substitute for God. Gideon had succeeded in bringing peace to the land for 40 years, but his obsession with knowing the certainty of God's favor later on became his downfall. Gideon's career is also marred by his polygamous wife, Abimelech, who was born to Gideon by one of his concubines, become a wicked leader in Israel. And Gideon made an, made this uh, image, this ephod, with the 70 pounds of gold he collected. What the Midianites could not do by means of swords, Satan accomplished with earrings. It's so sad to see the man who overthrew Baal's altar now setting up one of his own. Unfortunately, the whole nation forsook God and worshipped the new God. And when Gideon died, the nation went right back to Baal worship. Now, the Midianite spirits, which I kind of quickly went over this, but so often God's people are in this situation. And as we begin to study and look at the Word of God on what we need to do to get our finances restored, and by the way, there's over 800 verses in the Bible about finances. God has a lot to say about that, but this first stage is we need to get the enemy that's encamped around God's people away from them. And this is what we call the Midianite spirit. These demons do the same thing the Midianites do. Encamping around you far enough away, but still close enough that they can run in and take your stuff. They destroy your increase, leaving no substance for you with deception. And the end result is being greatly impoverished. Greatly impoverished because of this enemy encamping round about you. And by the way, this is a very common tactic of demons is that 
they play pile on just like we do when they uh, sack the quarterback in football. Uh, they don't just not just one piles on, but they all jump on. And so all the tribes of the East and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all them, they all come to attack. And when they see they have you losing money, they all jump on board and, and are working to take away all your substance, causing you to work in the wrong place. Uh, you've been praying for your ship to come in, and you, instead of going down to the harbor, you go to the train station, uh, being at the wrong place at the wrong time, day late and a dollar short. There's so many things that the demonic world does against your life to rob you. They've read the Bible. They know that God said it's, it's more blessed to be able to give than it is to receive. Well, it's amazing that so many of God's people are in the position of having to receive because they can't make their rent. They can't do the things they'd like to do. And so they live in their life on emergency prayer all the time. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Oh, Lord, help me here. Help me there. It's because their finances have been destroyed. There's so many enemy that's come against them. They're the enemy of the world, Satan and his demons, are keeping us bound, broke, poor, destroyed because we don't understand God's words, his plans on how we're to prosper. Hopefully, many of you today are sick and tired of being sick and tired and are tired of being broke. Well, there is an answer to that. One is you're going to have to pick up the sword and begin to fight back, beat off the demons that are surrounding you, the Midianites, and then you're going to have to begin to do finances God's way, not your way. If you've lived an entire life of poverty and nothing is ever coming to fruition, constantly living on the emergency prayer, God, I need help financially, your prayer should be instead, Lord, which ministry do you want me to give into this month? Instead, we hear, well, I'd like to support, but I can't because I don't have any money. Who sold you on that plan? And do you want to stay there? You don't have to stay there on that plan. God can bless your hand. He can bless your pocketbook. You just have to decide to live God's way and not your way. So we'll be looking at some other things later on. But we are going to do a mass deliverance on the Midianite spirits that have encamped roundabout and impoverished you. Stealing from you maybe your inheritance, or it's like everywhere you turn, the enemy's after your money, and you're going to have to learn how to say no to him, say no to his tricks. You notice that they deceived. This is a, a deception that works to separate you from your money. Now, there are so many ways that people are deceived. Uh, for example, I, I ask people, well, all I got to do is look at your pocketbook and I can get uh, a pulse of your of your financial pulse just by looking at it, looking at how you take care of your money. Are they organized in, in uh, the right denominations or is it just throw it in there? Do you have a budget? Do you know how much money you have in your wallet? I mean, that's the enemy's plans. Is your purse full of credit cards or is it full of dollar bills? That's the plan the enemy puts you on too, credit card. And you'll have to leave the world system of finance if you want God to bless you and prosper you. Next time I come on, we'll study some of these things. Uh, hopefully we can do that, Sheila. But these demons that come against God's people, uh, there's so much in this area that because the church hasn't been doing deliverance for so many years, the demons have just piled up, and so many people are loaded up with demons and curses. 
for, for example, we can open the book of Proverbs and I can show you at least 22 curses of poverty that come upon God's people. Well, it only takes one to impoverish you folks. So the sins that we do, just like the children of Israel, they left off living righteously and obeying the command of the Lord. And so God turned them over to the Midianites. It's quite possible there are some sins that are in your life or your family's life, your ancestry, that opened the door for spirits of Midianites. And uh, why don't we throw these in here today, Sheila? I'll uh, quickly run through the list of these things, which are sins that bring a curse of poverty and allow the spirit of Midianites to come and camp round about you and take your substance. Okay. Well, in the book of Proverbs, first one we look at, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it reads, Honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of all thy increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses burst out with new wine. Well, one of the very first things, if you've not chosen to do finances God's way, and he turned you over to the Midianites, you'll need to correct these. The first thing we see here is not paying your tithe, not honoring God with the first fruits. And the book of Malachi goes into that. You will never financially uh, prosper if you don't give God his tithe. It equates to stealing. And it just says your barns will be filled with plenty. And so all we got to do is take a look in your barns and see if you got plenty in your barns. If not, and you're not paying the tithe, I'd start there. Let's move on. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 9, talks about prostitution. And it says, you'll give your honor unto others, years to the cruel, and strangers will be filled with your wealth, and your labors will be in the house of a stranger. Folks, sexual sin will get you in trouble so fast. And if you've been involved with fornication, adultery, whoredoms, prostitution, you will lose your wealth. It says strangers will be filled with your wealth. So the curse of poverty comes by sexual sin, not living sexually pure. Being a guarantee, a surety for a friend, we find in Proverbs 6.1. It reads, My son, if thou be a guarantee for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, you're snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. And if you're co-signed for somebody, what's going to happen is you're going to end up paying for it. That brings a curse of poverty. Slothfulness, the spirit of slothfulness. By the way, we've got a teaching on the spirits of slothfulness and also a booklet on it. But Proverbs 6.10 says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, thy want is an armed man. Now, here's a curse of poverty that comes because you're just a little passive, you're a little slothful, you're a little lazy. Well, all I can say is you can't be slothful. God wants you to be industrious. He wants you to be, like in the parable of the talents, someone who's taking care of the talents that he gave him. Like the one with 10, he got more talents, 10 more. But the one person that was slothful with the talent and just hid it, he had his taken away from him. Poverty comes if you're a slothful person. And this is a whole nother set of spirits, but there's a curse of poverty because someone didn't want to live God's way. Um, stealing is another way. In um, Proverbs 6.30, it says, Men don't despise a thief 
if he steal to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. But if he found, he shall restore sevenfold. Well, sometimes people don't have anything because their money is going out in sevenfold for what they take. And by the way, stealing is stealing. It doesn't have to be a million dollars to fit into that realm. If you're a person that's taking pencils home from your boss at the workplace, that's called stealing. If you're taking something that doesn't belong to you, it's stealing, and it brings upon a curse of poverty, and it the whole thing, it just goes on and on. Wound and dishonor and destruction will come against your soul. Trusting in your riches, Proverbs eleven twenty eight, he that trusts in his riches shall fall, following vain people, Proverbs 12, 11. He that tills his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that follows vain person is void of understanding. Hastening to be rich, Proverbs 13, 7. There is that maketh himself rich, yet has nothing. There is that maketh himself poor and has great riches. That goes along with Proverbs 28, 22. He that hasteneth to be rich has an evil eye and considers not that poverty shall come upon him. Vanity, we see there's a curse of poverty and vanity, Proverbs 13, 11. Pride in Proverbs 15, 25. Greediness, Proverbs 15, 27. Mocking the poor, Proverbs 17, 56. Loving pleasure, Proverbs 21, 17. <laughs> says, he that loves pleasure will be a poor man. He that loves wine and oil shall not be rich. Are you one of these people that's taking a little wine for your stomach's sake and being impoverished at the same time? Don't let people deceive you. If you're going to drink wine and alcohol, you will not be rich. Controlling, borrowing. If you have a credit card and you use it to borrow on, Proverbs 22.7 reads, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. If you're borrowing money to buy things that you want instead of paying cash for them, you have a curse of poverty in your life, and you get caught in a life cycle, a financial lifestyle that uh, of credit and living on credit, and you begin to live on monthly payments, and you look at buying something as whether or not you can afford the monthly payment. And once the devil has loaded you up with monthly payments, then he just pulls the ripcord and, and you collapse and you lose it all. If you want to prosper, you have to get off of the credit lifestyle and start paying cash for the things that you purchase. Giving to the rich or giving to something so that you can get something back, that's found in Proverbs 22:16 and Proverbs 28:27. So there's another curse of poverty with there. Proverbs 23:21 says the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. What we see in that is the drunkard and the glutton are undisciplined in their lifestyles. They're undisciplined in their eating habits, they're undisciplined in their drink and an undisciplined spirit, which is at the essence of the drunkard and gluttony, come to poverty. Covering your sins, Proverbs 28, 13, curse of poverty comes with that. And then there's the curse of poverty that comes from forsaking God. Second Chronicles 24, 20. In fact, I'll read that one. It says, the spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoadiah, the priest, which stood among the people and said unto them, thus saith God, why trans ye the commandments of the Lord that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. 
And folks, this is still the same way, and it's the same root cause for the spirit of the Midianites that are encamping round about you, stealing, robbing, and impoverishing from you. We give legal ground to demons to take from us when we choose to not live and follow the Bible, God's Word, and how we're to live, to live righteously. If you don't know where to start, start with the Ten Commandments. Don't steal, don't commit adultery, honor the Lord. And these are all things that you can restore. God can do an amazing quick work, turn things around if you get your life correct with God. That's stage one. The next thing is you're going to have to learn how to fight the devil. You've got to come against the demons that have been allowed to encamp around about you. You're going to have to tell them, no, get off of my finances in Jesus' name. You are not going to take anything else from me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and resist him and come against them. Now, we're going to do that today. Literally, we're going to break off some of these curses of poverty, and we're going to come against the spirit of the Midianites that are keeping you in bondage. And listen to how I pray, and you can pray the same thing. And you may need to pray it more than once because an enemy doesn't just do one attack and then run away. They may continue to come back and forth in and out of your life to try to get your money again. So we want to teach you how to resist the Midianite spirits. So first step, as you don't need to do that, we're not going to do this online right now, but just ask the Lord for forgiveness of any sins that you or your ancestors did in opening the door for these spirits to come in and rob from you. Okay? So, Sheila, I think I'm ready to enter into a mass deliverance. Is there anything you want to add or ask on this? Okay. Well, with that, then let's uh, let's go ahead and enter into prayer. Heavenly Father, we come in your presence today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I come against every spirit of the Midianites in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come against and break off all curses, vexes, hexes, spells, every evil spirit that has come to attack God's people, to rob them of their substance, to turn them into slaves, to destroy their finances, their ability to, to create finance, to destroy their substance, the crops that they plant, to rob them even of their own home and to cause them to go into hiding and slavery. We come against you, spirits, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I command you to come out of God's people. Just take a deep breath, people, and breathe these spirits out. I'll give the command, you do the expelling. In Jesus' name, I come against every spirit of poverty. We break these curses of poverty, and I command the spirit of poverty, poverty, lack, want, need, automatic failure, all of these spirits loose God's people now in Jesus' name. Come out of them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Manifest and go. Every spirit of poverty, every Midianite spirit that's encamping round about you in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every evil spirit of deception that's caused you to do finances your way and not God's way, come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Move all the demons of, of stealing, theft, the thief will be stolen from Jesus' name. The, the curses of stealing, robbery, we break those off. And you demons come out right now. Every spirit in Jesus' name that is causing God's people to lose their money, come out in Jesus' name. All the spirits of fear, 
fear of running out of money, fear of death, fear of losing things in Jesus' name, paralyzed to resist the enemy. Come out right now in Jesus' name. Come out all the way out. Move out, move out. Greatly impoverished. The spirits of poverty, lack, want, need, automatic failure, the spirits of debt, constant debt, come out in Jesus' name. Let's go. I order you demons to come out. Loose God's spirit in Jesus' name. Move all the lust spirits, adultery, fornication in Jesus' name, prostitution, harlotry in Jesus' name. Come out. All the demons that have convinced you to not tithe, Jesus' name, I come against you. Come on, move out, move out, trying to do finances your way. Come on, let's go. Move in Jesus' name. Come out, all the way out. Move, stealing, withholding, slothfulness, slackness, passivity, trusting in your riches. Come on, let's go all the way out. You demons, come out right now. Pride, greed, loving pleasure, alcoholic poverty. Come out in Jesus' name. Come on, the curses of poverty follow the alcohol around. Jesus' name. Let's go, demons. Come out all the way out. Come out all the way out. Undisciplined spirit. Come out. Let's go. Move out. Move out. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every one of these spirits and the curses with it, leave God's people right now. Manifest and go. Breathe them out, folks. Tell them to go. You don't need to keep them. You have authority over them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come against all arrested development, treating your finances like a child. Money burns a hole in your pocket. Come on, move all the alcoholic patterns, the spending patterns of an alcoholic. Jesus' name. Poverty mentality, Jesus' name. All of these spirits come out. Let's go. Rebellion, drunkardness, gluttony, move, loving pleasure, loving wine and oil. Come out. Slothfulness, pride, hastening to be rich. Get rich quick screams instead of finances God's way. Come on, let's go, demons. Every spirit of being impoverished. Nothing you do helps. You can't get ahead. Jesus' name. Come on, Lord, plug all the holes in the boat that's just leaking water in, in Jesus' name. Show the people, Lord, where it is, where their money is going. Show them what they need to do. Give them a game plan against the spirits of poverty, Lord, how to bring down this kingdom in Jesus' name. All financial hardship, sickness and illness and poverty, the spirit of destruction, death and destruction, in Jesus' name, come out all of the spirits that rob, steal, kill, and plunder constantly take from you or block from you. All the demons that are blocking your account receivables from coming in, Jesus' name. I'd lose the favor of the Lord to go and open doors for jobs, new jobs, better jobs, investments. Lord, the angels of the Lord, go and, and give them ideas, your people, Lord, ideas. Make them the head and not the tail, Father, Jesus' name. Mom, I command all you evil spirits, come out. Being an irresponsible, uh, unfaithful in your finances, unfaithful in your talents, God has given you in Jesus' name. We break every family line curse of poverty, having our ancestors having stolen or left the ways of God in Jesus' name. Lord, we confess these as sins and break off all the judgments, whoredoms, and iniquities that come from sins of the fathers in Jesus' name. Upon all you demons, come out. Spirits of the Midianites, come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Loose God's people right now. Come on, come on, all the way out. Reckless spending, 
not wanting to do a budget. Come on, let's go all the way out. You're not being disciplined in your your gifts and your talents. Come on, let's go, demons. Come on, all the way out. Lord, we loose angels to go and help us to prosper in our way. Genesis 24, 40. We loose angels to go create favor. Psalm 44. Favor to bring us into a land of possession in Jesus' name. We lose angels to go and open the door for a miracle for God's people, Lord, to begin to grow and prosper. That whatever they set their hand to will prosper in Jesus' name. Hatred of work in Jesus' name. I don't want to work. The spirit of debt, Jesus' name. Come on, let's go. Every spirit of debt, come on, all the way out. Move in Jesus' name. Lord, we lose the angels to go. Open door. Create favor. Make a way for us. Give your people ideas in Jesus' name. Bring the provisions that they need to be able to pay for their bills. Pay their bills on time in Jesus' name. Come on, all you evil spirits, get off of God's people's finances in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Leave them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that a blessing would come, blessing that they'd not be able to contain or be so much, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless them, bless the work of their mouth. I loose angels, Father, to go and, and bring about the fish with the gold coin in its mouth for your people to take care of their emergency needs in Jesus' name and help them to go and create something, to get them out of the cycle of debt and the curse of poverty. Help them to create something and to get free from the spirit of the Midianites. Raise up the warrior spirit that was on Gideon, Lord, that they fight against the Midianites. This was the whole point of Gideon's war was to restore the financial prosperity to God's people. That's all that story is about. God's people were impoverished. Gideon went to war, and God's people could live again. Man, all you evil spirits, the spirit of the Midianites, get off of their finances in Jesus' name, all the way out. Not being a giver, you're a taker. You need to learn how to become a giver. If you're a person that takes, pretty soon you're going to run out because you have to learn how to give. More blessed to give than it is to receive. If you don't know how to give, study it in God's word. Learn how to give. Jesus' name. All the stinginess, persimmonness, tightness, greed, hanging on to it, never wanting to help someone who they could help. Jesus' name. Financial arrested development, financial illiteracy in Jesus' name. Your parents didn't teach you, school never taught you, and everything you do is on trial and error. You don't know how to make money. We'll look at that another message later on. Mom, poverty mentality, being impoverished and living that way, not knowing what it is to do to create assets, to create blessings for you and yourself, your descendants, Jesus' name. Mom, poor thinking. All of this, we command them to go. Curses of poverty, we command you to go. We order you, demons, to put the substance back. It says the thief shall repay sevenfold. Lord, cause them to bring back in your people's pockets sevenfold what they have stolen in Jesus' name. Open up the doors of blessing, financial blessing in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. Your word declares, Father, that you would have us prosper in all that we do, Lord, in Jesus' name, and that Jesus came for us to live abundantly. And so we ask for that, Lord. We ask for your grace and mercy as we get right with you, Lord. Pour out your grace and mercy. Give us a game plan. Show us a way, Lord. Show us how to fight and resist the spirits that are attacking our finances in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen.
Amen. What an incredibly powerful prayer. Boy, I bet a lot of people got freedom from that. Now watch the manifestations in your life. Pay attention to what is happening in your life over the next couple of weeks, even as quick as the next few days. People really see a difference when they get deliverance from these incredibly robbing spirits of the Midianites. So thank you so much for doing this teaching. Monty, I would really like you to tell people where they can get your incredible resources. You have a tremendous amount of things that people can get to get freedom in any area where they may be having some problems. Tell them a little bit about your Sunday service, which again, a lot of my listeners have left their church and a lot of them sure don't belong to a deliverance church. And then lastly, something I'm very excited about, the annual, as I call it, Monty and Sharon Mulkey family reunion. It's going to be a powerful weekend. It's a life-changing weekend. Take it from me. I'm going to be there. It's coming up. I want you to get into all that. Oh, sure. Thank you so much, Sheila. Yes. Folks, if you'd like to know more, visit our website. It's www.wccd.com. That stands for West Coast Church of Deliverance. And on there, you'll see our library. We try to make uh, material available for people to learn about deliverance. On that first page, when you log on, we have a conference call for our Sunday morning church service, which is uh, Colorado Mountain Standard Time, 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. And if you don't have a deliverance church that you can go to, and you're more than welcome to join in with our service on Sunday mornings at 11. It's audio only, not uh, video yet, but uh, you're more than welcome to join in with that. And uh, in our bookstore, you'll see that we have um, uh, various teachings on finances. I've done a lot of different classes on this. We have a a series, four-part series on financial destruction that so many people get caught in, and I explain the pitfalls of credit and various things. Also, we have a workshop coming up. Sheila mentioned that we have three days of April 27th through 29th deliverance workshop of training, teaching, and and you can get more in-depth prayer at the workshop. So uh, if you're able to afford traveling and going to workshops, we encourage you to come and uh, you'll see a, a flyer for a workshop on the website as well. Well, hopefully this teaching will change things around so that they can afford to go. Deliverance really is an incredible, life-changing thing. And I highly recommend get out there in April to Colorado. Beautiful state, beautiful time of year. And it's a wonderful way to plug into like-minded, lifelong friends and lifelong prayer partners. Boy, how many of us need that? The Mulkies will adopt you into their incredible family. And what a wonderful thing to be a part of that. The direct link for that information is there on the description. Book your ticket now, folks. And I'm telling you, it's life-changing. Monty, thank you so much for coming on the program, taking the time out of your busy schedule to bless my listeners incredibly. We so much appreciate your time, sir. God bless you, and come back and see us real soon. Yo, you're welcome. It was a real joy. I enjoyed coming and bringing messages to help God's people. Thanks for having me on. Folks, that was the one and only Pastor Monty Mulkey, West Coast Church of Deliverance, WCCD.com. Bookmark that. Hey, and don't forget, jump on over to Sheila.media. 
and make sure you are subscribed to my YouTube channel and make sure you download the Weekend Vigilante app. That is a fantastic one-stop shop that's customized. So you're going to love that. Again, that's in all smart devices, app stores. Simply type in Weekend Vigilante and you'll find it there. We have a fantastic lineup this week. Don't miss it. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless.